0: You wanna go ahead and start recording? It's
1: already recording. Oh, recording. it is. Yes.
0: All right. Is that what the red?
1: I, yeah, thought, I thought it needs to be green. No, it was green. Now it's red. It's recording. Yeah.
0: It's but recording. doesn't red usually mean stop and bad? So what? what? I don't
1: know what their who, design who this? is. It's I know. This is recording. This is who designed recording. this.
0: Yeah, red is. Somebody who you knows more about
1: this stuff than you and me. It's, <laughs> not, it's not intuitive. Red is. No, you, know. you push green to go. You push oh, red to stop. The is the recording? that the idea? Yeah. You know what Duke's doing right now to all the sound engineers of the world yeah. is the equivalent of, you know, I didn't really like that sermon. You know the way you, you did that illustration and the way yeah, you yeah. talked about that theology. I, and, I love it when they it, say that. I, like, <laughs> I love <laughs> it. I welcome all feedback. I love when people who have never learned to lick about how to do it <laughs> they were listening. They think because they yeah, they've yeah, eaten yeah. a bunch of meals they know how to be a chef. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, ain't, yeah, it. Yeah. that well, ain't it. That ain't it.
0: All right. I'm, I'm. Yeah. I just think green should mean it's on.
1: we feast where three pastor friends leading three cross-cultural congregations in washington dc wrestle with a question each week concerning how the church can be a foretaste of the feast of god i'm russ whitfield one of the hosts of this podcast and i'm joined in the studio by pastor glenn Hoburg and pastor duke kwan what's up fellas
0: doing well glad to be here right on right on i'm doing all right yeah hanging in there you better
1: be doing better than all right you just came back from vacation it's only gonna get worse from here i look fresh man i look
0: fresh (laughs) It's been a good time away <laughs> good, with the fam. Good. good to be back, though. I'm, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. It's yeah. not a
1: given that vacation is always going to be refreshing. That's true. Yeah, that especially when you go on it with kids.
0: Yeah, that's right. They well, have... well, That's one thing we noticed. The kids are a little bit older, so they, mm. they can carry more things. Yes. Put them to work. Put them to yeah. work. Give me some rest. Look, yeah. when right.
1: they come asking for allowance, I'm like, <laughs> did oh. you eat this morning? Did you have Man. a nice place to sleep last
0: night? I remember
2: the first time Meg and I, we were fools. Our our, our daughter was, you know, I don't know, nine months, ten months mm. old. We save up with this other couple. Mm-hmm. It was their idea. Let's save up the whole year and go to, I think it was Seaside, you know, oh, a place nice. in Florida. Yeah. We show up there. It's basically a week of taking care of your kid without your props. <laughs> we were exhausted. Well, we were driving away. I said to Meg, we're never gonna have another vacation in our lives. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's sometimes it's worse. worse. But it begins, but you know, yeah, it gets better. It gets yeah. better. yeah. Well, yeah.
1: that's good, man. I'm glad you got some vacation. And I mean, it's mid August. So, you know, usually for us here in DC, that's a big break because was all the stuff down on the hill is out of session. Yeah, and right. so but you yeah. know, we Everyone's gear out. up for the fall. What's the fall looking like for y'all?
2: Well, I'll tell you, the fall conjures up a question and struggle I have with. Mm. that I've had mm. that I'm going to I'm gonna bring to you all. Oh, okay. yeah, here comes. Um, Look at this seamlessness. It, it is. is yeah. <laughs> That's right. Right, right, because it does. So mm. uh, what's been on my mind is ambition and impact.
1: Mm. Yeah. Say more.
2: How you know the difference mm. of when it's holy and when it's idolatry. Mm. You know, when you're seeking to build a monument mm. to your own, like, hidden idol mm. of success mm-hmm. and when you're seeking to participate in mm. the kingdom yeah right? yeah put mm. some flesh on yeah. it put some flesh on it so two things one is i would say i came to dc to plant a church for good reasons and bad reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. you know mm, one
2: hand i wanted to see the kingdom of god expand the other hand was
1: you wanted to see the hoberg center for the performing <laughs> arts in washington dc
2: <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to you know, I, it, we're always attracted to the idols of the place we go, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't mean leave. It hmm. just means you got to deal with it. Hmm. So that's one part of it. But another is like a very concrete, practical example. Hmm. Earlier in my ministry, I do it less so now. You know, someone come in and they need some help. Hmm. And so, you know, I stand up to the plate. Mm-hmm. and they bring their problem and I swing, you know, yeah. this yeah. whiff, you yeah. know, and then I see it doesn't register I see it didn't help. So mm. whiff, mm. I swing again, I swing again till their eyes are glazed over. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of it, I'm like, was that whole thing about me needing to impact you mm-hmm. or was it really about wanting to help? you? Uh. So that's what I wrestle with, especially with every fall because it's the kickoff of the mm. ministry Yeah, and you're like, we going to make a big impact this right. year. Mm. I want to hear how you guys wrestle.
0: Let me just start off by saying, you know, what immediately comes to mind is just to make sure that I think there is a godly kind of ambition out there. Right. Yeah, just to yeah, make yeah. sure that we don't overly demonize mm-hmm. the word or give up on the project of ambition itself. Because right. you point to scripture, mm-hmm. you know, Apostle Paul, this is yeah. like Philippians three, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know Christ. Mm hmm. The power of his resurrection, right? A lot of people point to that as sort of a an indicator of his inner ambitions. Right. I'll be quick to note though, that's also the same guy that said things like, I'm gonna bring the gospel to the whole world. Right. right. I'm going to Spain. Yes. Right. Yes. Died trying to do that. Uh-huh. Right. So I mean, oh. he he had big plans. Mm-hmm. You can call it ambitions. Mm. But just to note, so there there is a godly version out there, and I know mm. there's a, a way in which this question, at least how I've processed it in my mind, mm. can really quickly become sort of an exercise in self condemnation. So I would just oh, want to note mm. that. I think that there is a true answer out there. I don't know yet what it is. I hmm. guess that's what we're talking about. That's yeah. why we're talking, right? We're going to figure it out in yeah. a couple minutes, right? Yeah. But I want to go back to you, Glenn. Quick sketch, back of the napkin kind of definition. What, yeah. do, what do you have in mind when you're saying ambition or impact? No, I, I do feel like
2: it's, it's that's a good question because I, it, it is culturally bound in mm. a sense. Like, well, maybe I'll put it this way. I know that when we talk about idols of this and idols of that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking to a certain demographic, yeah. Here, right? Yeah. Right, that think in those terms. Yeah, mm, it's good. Maybe because of their education, <laughs> because of their cultural upbringing. So I don't, I, and I think maybe there's, I don't know, Duke. Maybe that's part of the freedom I'm longing for. I, I, I'll i just say, let me just say this is another illustration. When I was doing ministry in Boston, campus ministry, in Cambridge, part of the local church there, it was Brazilian, and basically kind of an educated, you know. Mostly white mm-hmm. service in the morning. Uh-huh. But we're a mixed staff. And uh, one day, the pastor, Brazilian pastor Sam Wells says to me, A successful staff meeting for you white pastors is to get everything checked off your task list. Mm. For us, it's mm. to share over a table mm. our faith and our vision. Mm. That was a little open my eyes to like, what am I thinking is accomplishment and impact? But mm. I'm going to stop. There and let you
0: lean into that. Russ, what's coming to your mind? First
1: thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because this is such a big deal in terms of the the folks that we pastor, like, I don't know of anyone who moved to Washington, to to D.C. and said, you know what, I want to move to D.C. and be average. Right. (laughs) No one does. They're like, we're gonna change the world. We're gonna address this big problem. That's a global problem. Like we we attract those kind of folks. And the worst nightmare is mediocrity. Right. 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 Like that is a truly terrifying thing for a lot of folks. It's like to slip into insignificance because so much of your identity is attached to the ambitions that you have set. Right. And so I've actually, so as a discipline, anytime I'm asked to like speak into a theme with any kind of regularity, my first instinct is I try to see if there is anything of a biblical theological trajectory of a theme, right? Mm. And see like, does the scripture kind of give some contours for how to think about this? And one time I looked this up, I just, I just was started, tried to get after ambition. Mm. Ambition is specifically used in our English translations a couple times. But one of the things in, in that research I recall is that Every there was Paul speaks of being ambitious in Romans fifteen. Is mm-hmm. he, he speaks of his ambition, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's a different word that's used there. Mm. Every other time that ambition is used, it is preceded by selfish. Mm. Oh. So there's a distinction between selfish, selfish ambition, ambition yeah. and then godly ambition and yeah. so I do think that that's an important way to like create a a, a distinction textually it's good but from the from the cultural cross-cultural vantage point this is one of the most interesting things that I noticed when I kind of found my way into our our circle so growing up in the black church if you grew up in the black church or if you grew up in a in a um like an immigrant church there are often themes of like being excellent for the Lord. Oh, you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like doing what you do unto his glory. And so it's a different category of thinking. It's do am I am I laying my all on the altar? Am I being poured out as a drink offering for mm-hmm. the Lord? Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of black church folk would hear this like chastening of ambition uh-huh. as an unwillingness to actually get your hands dirty and break a sweat for the Lord. That's good. And so that has always been an interesting dynamic for me cuz I, and honestly, I think that this could be one of the reasons why the church s- struggles to connect with men, because mm. men- but you're bringing it all in here. I'm saying, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. like I think Dr. Bradley, Anthony yeah. Bradley, I think recently on social media, he mentioned something to this effect. Mm. And he said, this is one of the reasons why the church struggles to connect with men. And he gave language to it. And it really helped me because I was like, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people want to be called into something bigger and greater. And I think if they can discern that it's all about you and your reputation, and what really peeves you is when you're made to look bad, not that we sinned against the Lord and we didn't seek his face and we didn't approach this prayerfully. It's, no, no, people, when they feel like you're building your own platform or the Lord is secondary to, to what you're trying to build for yourself, I think they can sniff that out. And I think they can also sniff when you're like, we're going to grind for the Lord seasonally within our human limitations, but... We are so energized by this kingdom vision. I think godly ambition is shaped by a longing and a desire to see more of the kingdom, more of the future life showing up in the present life. Yeah, that's good. And I'm not going to rest... Because there is, if there's a category for holy discontent, then there must be a category for holy ambition. Yeah. Because holy right. ambition is, is the way that we we confront holy discontent. I think, when we see things are not what they should be. that's good. So why are we cross-cultural pastors? Why have we specifically set our sights on addressing that particular issue in the church? Because we have a holy discontent about the homogeneity of the church and the way in which, you know, we don't learn from each other and we fight with each other and it ruins our witness. And so our ambition Mm -hmm. is to do the work of bringing, helping people to find their way back to one another through the gospel. So... Those are initial thoughts for me.
2: Duke, I want to hear you weigh in on that too. That's rich. Man, there's a lot.
1: lot, Yeah, you brought a lot onto the table there.
0: I'm thinking about how it it almost feels like it comes down to a question of um, what are our goals Mm. and what are our means, Mm. right? And so part of what you're saying, even in the way you framed it, Glenn, there's a difference between godly ambition and selfish ambition. So Mm -hmm. you used the example of, in the black church or different places where there's sort of this celebration of doing things for the Lord or right. unto the Lord. Mm. Right. And So what, what is your goal and what is your, what is your target? Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if that's corrupt or mm. if that's self-centered, then, then that's what makes it selfish and, or sinful ambition. Mm. But then there's also a means question. And one thing that comes to my mind mm. is, I mean, Jesus obviously had a, a, a big target, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The salvation of the world, right? Mm-hmm. The renewal of the world. And the enemy knew that. So Satan brings him, uh, meets up with him in the wilderness and brings all these temptations in front of him. Mm. And I'm thinking about this because I have Henry Nouwen's book, uh, In the Name of Jesus, on my mind. Mm. And he talks about Christian leadership. And he says mm. there are three temptations. Uh, honestly, at this moment, I can only remember two. But <laughs> the temptation to relevance, the temptation to power. Mm. And he talks about all the ways in which, you know... Christian leaders want to inflate themselves or grasp after things that aren't theirs. Mm. But when you look at Jesus's uh, ministry in those temptations, it's all temptations around not the goals, but the mean, Mm. right? Because God was promising Jesus Mm. everything. Mm. I mean, and the salvation of everything and everywhere and everyone. Right. So um, it was, will you sidestep the cross mm. Mm. the way of suffering mm. the way of cost the way of loss mm. for future gain mm. for resurrection mm. for redemption or will you take the hard road the, mm. the way of suffering right and so you know Satan saying look i'll give it all to you right now mm. immediately right i'll you know turn turn these use your power now to turn these stones mm. To bread, mm-hmm. uh, so that you won't have to hurt, so you won't be hungry anymore. So, oh, you preaching all, preach all, preach. all that to say? All <laughs> okay. that to say, okay, that to me is a question of the twistedness of ambition when our means mm. towards even godly goals also becomes self centered or not of the Lord and of the cross and of the kingdom. So, I and don't I, know. No, right? I keep
2: that. I you just yeah, you you just triggered in me this. This two things. One is uh, this frustration mm, mm. when my goals are blocked, mm, right? Yeah. And when in the end, like it may be God who's blocking my goals. Uh, and so there's there's this idea of uh, this cross is slowing me down.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, it, you know, like I want to
2: do this. So when you're bringing up these ideas of goals in the cross, maybe that's a way to discern it too. How do I handle mm. it when my ambition Blocked, right, and all of us mm. have planted churches, mm-hmm. right, and you can sacrifice everybody on the vision, right? Yes. Mm. It's sort of like, yes. hey, this is the vision, and if you're not mm. with it, you're against it. This right.
1: is this is I find what you just said, Duke, was so good um, and so meaningful in terms of the way that we have experienced the ministry work that we're doing here because we made a lot of what seemed to be counterintuitive moves as mm. a church. Mm. Oh becoming more liturgically formal, right? Vestments, we wear robes and stuff. It seems to be going in the opposite direction of the culture, but from jump, we have said we're not trying to be attractional. We're trying to be faithful in following Jesus in the way we do our worship, in the way we do outreach, all that different kind of stuff. And what's been interesting is that the Lord has actually grown us more. That's been more compelling to people. The more countercultural and the more distinctly Christian we have grown to become, the more that has actually meant something to our non-Christian neighbors and Mm -hmm, friends, and that's mm -hmm. made us feel to them like a place where they want to explore the faith. But I was thinking while Mm -hmm. you were talking, I was thinking about this question as it relates to calling. This is why Mm -hmm. our, our framework on calling, I think, is so important, because it could be possible for people to actually avoid their calling because they are they are shying away from what they perceive to be ambition, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. it's like yeah, they're yeah. trying to do less than what God is actually calling them to. Right. And some people are trying to do more than God is actually calling them to. What does that mean for all of us? That we have to seek the Lord's face, and it's not a safe bet for your own spirituality and sanctification to say... Well, I'm just—I'm not going to attempt anything of any size or significance or scope yeah. because sinful, selfish ambition. Right. It's like no, it's all a tightrope. Yeah. You can that love. Can, that can be a cop out too. Exactly. It's right. like it's like in the same mode. Like you would never tell anyone. Well, if you can't love with 100% purity, don't love anyone until you can love them with 100% purity. Right. Because we all know that there are many reasons why. Our culture is about love. Some people are about love in a therapeutic way. They love other people because it makes them feel good. It's not actually for the other person. So we always, no matter what it is, calling to do mercy, calling to love others, to serve others, all of it can be corrupted and all of it can be sanctified. And I think that this is... This is one of those ones that tends to get thrown off, very similar to, like, performance. Mm -hmm. You know, that sounds like a very... In our circle. In our circles. Right. Like, you know, throwing off performance Christianity. I have said that, too, but I got to confess that when I first came into these Christian circles, I came in from, like, doing Broadway stuff. I was a performer. Yeah. And so I felt, like, instantly, like, I can't can't even live into this because I was... Trained to be a performer, how much of this is lurking in me? But then later on, I think it was in a conversation that we had. Mm. You and I were talking, Glenn, because both of us being musicians and everything. And Glenn, you said something like, maybe the way to think about it is when you are following Jesus in that calling, you become the true performer. Mm. And I was like, that redeemed it for me. Mm. And so, in a similar way, I think we need to redeem ambition and I think we need to invite our people. To dream, because I think there's a compartmentalization, too. Like, we have some brilliant people, PhDs from Ivy League schools, PhDs in public policy, the sciences, whatever. And many of those people are content to be brilliant in their sphere, and they don't bring that same curiosity and intellect into how they think about their faith, Mm -hmm. or how they think about the ministry of the local church. Or or we haven't taught them how to. Or we haven't taught them how to. And so maybe if we start inviting people into this, this sanctified life of, you know, ambitious you know, striving for you know, loving God and loving neighbor at its most basic level. I wonder if it might, you know, breathe some real life into local churches.
0: Yeah. You know, what you were saying a second ago about the idolatry piece again, I feel like it's, you know, even our misunderstanding of idolatry, like sure, ambition is a idolatry problem for a lot of people mm-hmm. in in the demographic that we see a lot in here in DC. Yeah. But if we get our definition of idolatry right, then we get closer to the solution, which is idolatry isn't just bad things. (laughs) It's rather treating good things as ultimate things. Yes. Right. And so that means there's something about ambition that's actually good and powerful. Mm. Right. It Mm. can be seductive, but it Mm. is not intrinsically Mm. sinful. Right. And so there's something it's a there's a giftedness to it that we need to recover and redeem to your point. Mm. The other thing I was thinking a second ago when you were talking was whatever is not from faith is sin. Yeah, oh. And so it's almost like, what, huh. what does it look like actually to pursue ambition with faith rather than mm-hmm. in the flesh, mm-hmm. right? That makes all the difference in the world. What is it, and let's throw in love. We were yeah. talking about selfishness before, right? So mm. faith, love, hope, let's, mm. let's toss it all in there, right? Faith, mm-hmm. hope, and love. What mm. does it look like to pursue ambition, which is by definition a forward-looking enterprise, mm. right? Yeah. But so it, there's a kind of corrupted hope that yeah. selfish ambition in, in, involves, mm-hmm. but what would true kingdom hope look like mm-hmm. um, in the midst of a godly pursuit of ambition? And so faith, hope, and love, are, are these perhaps um, some ways in which we can measure, diagnose, mm-hmm. test, or, or or weigh sort of the motivations of our heart as we detect ambition rising mm-hmm. in our hearts or in the people that we minister to? You
2: know, do- sort of the eschatological future. Mm. Like all my Abraham was waiting for a city. Mm -hmm. You know, he was city building, but he knew the city wasn't. Because uh there's I I remember years ago coming to the revelation that I would die before I read all the books I wanted to. Mm. And I was like, Yeah. You know, so I stopped reading. Uh so basically (laughs) so basically, but 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 I have had, I think the older you get ministry, you look back, you're sort of like wow like i'm gonna have to deal with the fact mm. that there are goals and ambitions i have in so many areas of my life mm. that it, what was tolkien's thing the uh I never remember. is it the niggle leaf or the niggle oh thing? yeah yeah where teller yeah. uh, brings but that make up make sure
1: you pronounce that correctly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. My toes and my <laughs> shoes curled a little bit. <laughs> like, I remember. No, this, is
1: a, this brings up a you fun story. You give me trouble. Somebody yeah, got yeah, that yeah, right. Yeah. You ministry, man. Yeah, nothing to edit. Nothing this, to edit. This brings up a fun story. Yeah. Early on, when I first went to Redeemer in New York as a college student, someone asked me, you know, Tim had done an extended riff on Leaf by Niggle by C.S. <laughs> Lewis and they came up to me and we were just talking yeah, you know yeah, you're yeah. new here all this kind of stuff yeah. Like, uh, yeah I was like so like what other stuff has he done they're like oh have you read his stuff on Leaf by Niggle I said what you call me <laughs> <laughs> they were visibly so red in the face yeah. I was like I'm just kidding I'm yeah, just kidding yeah, that's yeah, a book yeah, yeah, by yeah. Niggle who named their kid Niggle yeah man that, <laughs> but-
0: yeah, they, they went and meet and greeted somebody else after that one. They, right? they were, they were like, like, ooh, look at the yeah, time. Look, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, Let like, me go yeah, welcome this person. guy <laughs> over here. <Yeah.
2: laughs> I mean, anyway, but the, fu- the that's future side too. Like, mm. Maybe that's another way that I sort of like diagnose mm. mm. as I hear you guys. But it, it, as I'm listening to you all, I hear you encouraging me more like don't be afraid. Yes. About being Ambitious. Yes. Because, mm. you know, we have the opposite mm-hmm. tendency. Mm-hmm. And that's a different way than I thought we would have gone. Mm. Because I think I'm so used to in our circle yeah. where we diagnose yeah. all the ways that our ambition is
1: bad. Because mm-hmm. we never- are more oriented toward Genesis 3 than Genesis 1 through 2. Mm. Mm. Uh, there's no one more ambitious than the Lord. Mm. His ambition is total renewal of this whole crap hole. Amen. And so, you know, he's going to do it. And like he has invited us into that work. So, by virtue of our union with Christ and our desire to think God's thoughts after him and to follow him, you know, I had to put that reform caveat. No, I like that. I like that. I think we should find ourselves growing in our ambition, but not in our restlessness. Mm. Because ultimately, we trust that the Lord is going to bring to completion the work that he started, whether he uses us as the means to bring that work to completion or he uses somebody else. And that's the whole point of like leaf by niggle, is like after all of that work, he had completed one leaf on a whole broader thing. And I'm yeah. like, if we're content to do that for the Lord, I think that there's there's a beautiful invitation to just say, dream. And it's very significant that we think clearly about this for our evangelistic efforts in our connection with our non-Christian friends and neighbors. If they hear that they have to become uh, less excellent at their work to become a Christian, Mm -hmm. we're going to lose people right at jump. If they hear from the church that the Christian faith frees you from the worst impulses of your need to accomplish and of your grounding your identity in your ambitious achievements, if they hear that you can be free from that, and yet with that freedom, you can actually do your work in a more beautiful, faithful way, I think we're then showing them that the Christian faith has resources that the world does not have and it's grounded in our common hope in Christ. And so I want to think about not only the freedom mm. that our our non-Christian friends and neighbors can hear as we relieve people of the worst impulses of ambition, mm-hmm. the sinful dynamics, mm-hmm. they can they can be set free, but also they can be energized with a new kind of fuel by understanding like, "Oh, I'm not just in a random purposeless happenstance universe and I, things are meaningful only in as much as I declare them to be. And, you know, there's something transcendent. We all yeah. have a transcendent, you yeah. know, kind of sensibility yeah. in our, in our own hearts. We got the, we're, you know, census divinitatis we're mm. image bearers. And so yeah. I just think that this question is not just important for Christians. Mm. It's important for Christians to sort out for the benefit of our neighbors so that we have some more to kind of, Offer them.
0: I like the word freedom that you mentioned earlier because I feel mm. like whatever the answer is, that our experience of the pursuit of ambition, or the maybe maybe the best way to put it is stewardship of ambition,
1: mm. huh, that's right? mm. Uh
0: It should be an experience of freedom. Mm. And I think part of what we're saying is the selfish pursuit of or idolatrous pursuit of ambition, or the idolatrous fuel of sinful ambition. Mm. Makes your heart smaller, mm. makes you more stuck, mm. right? Makes life more draining, mm. that kind of thing. So you're less free. Mm. There's shackles that come along with that. Mm. Um, but that the right and proper pursuit of ambition should be something like I don't know, soaring, mm-hmm. right? When you're like attuned, yes, to the spirit, and you're in your running, and you're failing. Right? So it doesn't always mean that you're just like hitting your targets right. and your marks and that sort of right. thing. Yes. But you're free from the, what, devastation mm. of not successfully hitting the mark. Mm. So a- as I'm saying this, I'm reminded. So uh, uh, was it a day ago? Two days ago, my daughter, youngest daughter, six years old. <laughs> I can't remember why, but she came to me and she said, Daddy, what is ambition? So this is, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. Seriously? Like it, it, it was just no a word. It was said, a, what is ambition? I think it was a word in a book or something, right? Mm. Wow. So she said, you know, and of course in a minute I was like, shoot, (laughs) (laughs) how do you explain this? Right. Right. But then of course, as we Mm. know, right, you you can't define or explain something to a six year old and you don't really know it or whatever. And so of course I fumbled through it, try to make it as succinct as possible. But Mm. I came up with something like it's our ambition is our desire to achieve something Mm -hmm. or our desire for success. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, I don't know, what I'd be curious to know what you would say to a six-year-old defining that word, but it's like Im- ambition relates to our definition of what success is mm. and what achievement is. And so, of course, the question comes up, you know, what are we trying to get done? Mm. Like, what are we trying to achieve? What? How are we defining success for a day, for mm. a year, for a lifetime, huh. right? And so... Uh, I think that's where we get tripped up all the yeah. time because we define those things strangely or sinfully. Hmm. So, sure, we've got ambition that are pulling us to those things. But what are those things that we're being pulled to? Yeah,
1: that's- How
0: are we defining our, as you were saying before, our sense of self-worth? Yeah. What makes me matter <clears throat> because of what we're accomplishing, Mm. uh, in our lives, in our careers, in our homes, relationships Mm. and and so on and so forth. Mm. So definition of success, definition of achievement Mm. seems to be an important part of the question.
2: That's really Duke. I was thinking about a practical thing. I once speaking, um, at a college graduation, I do that a lot. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) Professional commencement speaker. I I did this once and never got asked back. So, but it occurred to me and I've, tried to think about it in my own life. Like, whatever goals I write out every year, every month, my to-do list. Maybe I need to write the two great commandments on the top, mm-hmm. because what I hear you saying is ultimately, if that ambition isn't driving
1: mm-hmm. toward love, yeah, you know,
2: that's probably a good indication too.
1: Yeah. But, I w- well, yeah. last thing I would throw in is like, if you're trying to discern, is my ambition holy or is it selfish? I think perhaps an indicator is, I think that those who are caught up in selfish ambition compare themselves against other ministries, and they don't delight in the successes of other ministries. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that inability to delight in them is because the whole reason why I'm doing it is to make myself look bigger, and I can't look bigger while everyone else is growing bigger. But if my goal is not to make myself look bigger, if my goal is to magnify the Lord... Then I will find myself delighting in ministry success wherever I see it, right. no matter the denomination, no matter if it's for the glory of the Lord, if it's if it's about Jesus, I should find myself being like, yes, right. because my focus was always on the kingdom to begin with. So whether it's my success or someone else's success, if it's for the kingdom, I'm celebrating it. Well,
2: that messes me up because I was going to tell you all my ambition <laughs> for this year is for our, my church to be five times bigger than <laughs> y'all churches. <laughs>
1: Bigger than y'all's right. churches, so I guess I'll pick a different
2: ambition. Yeah, <laughs> anyway.
0: yeah. No, no, but that's a good point, though. The way that ambition so closely is intertwined with envy, the mm. the dynamics of envy as mm. well. Right, mm. there's something there. Yeah, I, let me bring this in, I, Glenn. In the very beginning, you mentioned the word impact, and we haven't even touched that word mm. in, in sort of category oh. itself. Mm. Yeah, I'll actually note that Andy Crouch has done some really fascinating thinking around this yes. as he observes how impact obsessed this generation, our culture presently is, Christian, secular, whatever. It's Mm. just that idea is everywhere Mm. and it rules over our thinking. So Mm. we're not going to have time to to unpack that, but I heard a great conversation with him and Curtis Chang on the, I think it's the good faith podcast. So worth looking up, Mm. but Andy there defined impact as a, a very high amount of force applied in a very short amount of time, Mm. right? And just to sort of Uh exploring that idea. And so what occurs to me as it relates to ambition is that typically what gets us into trouble again, around unhealthy forms of ambition Mm. is that we're seeking impact, namely a real heavy hitting sort of project Mm. that's going to change things Mm. now. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So... And so, okay, so then to flip that and be like, well, what does a healthy, well, to, to critique it a little bit more, I think part of what you see in ambition where it all falls apart is not only that our timetables are off, mm. right? So we're, we're, we're looking to see our ambition fulfilled mm. tomorrow mm-hmm. or yesterday, mm. right? So that itself is a problem. You mentioned the word eschatological. I think that's part of the adjustment that we need to make. Mm. Sure, pursue the big thing, mm. but when do you expect it to be done? Yeah. when do you mm. expect that game plan to actually come to fruition mm-hmm. I think that's an important question mm. but the and then the the question of force right in terms of impact is like well what kind of force yeah that's good. right and at what cost what kind of coercion mm. oh are you demanding you know and what kind of trajectory in terms of success and failure do you demand Hmm. like are you okay with it being a bumpy road are you okay with it being two steps forward, three steps back Mm. which is typically how the kingdom comes Mm. right small insignificant looking weak right like a cross those kinds of things but i'll throw this in too i think we tend to also approach ambition really individualistically Mm -hmm. right and that i think is a cultural thing too as well Mm, because When we say ambition, it's always my ambition, Mm. right? I know we're talking in kingdom terms, but when I actually see that some of these goals that I have in front of me may not, number one, be accomplished in my lifetime, Mm. that humbles me. And secondly, may not be accomplished exclusively by me, Mm. that humbles me too. So that relates again to the envy question or when you're like trying to tear down other churches, ministries, people. Or you're mad because they get the credit, you don't get the credit, that yeah. kind of thing. It's like, well, what if your ambitions were larger than that, not mm. smaller, larger than that in a way that puts you in your proper place, which is to say you might not be the one mm. to bring that thing over the finish line. Mm. You may not be the one that gets to hold up the trophy. You may be the dude, the scrub in the back of the team picture. On championship day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like somebody has to hold a trophy in Uh the middle of that big picture, right? right? But you might be the dude in the corner in the back, or you know, you're too short to even make it in the frame. (laughs) I don't know, right? Right. And that's, are you okay with that? Are you content with that? Mm. Because I think we tend to assume when we think in ambition terms, what is in it for me? like what is my role and what am I going to get
1: done mm.
0: and I think that's what trips us up as well.
1: Mm. Are you saying you want to be the living water boy? <laughs> <laughs> Good conversation y'all. Yeah. This is mm. really beneficial to me personally. I'm mm. taking away a lot here. You got me thinking about um you got me thinking about what are the sins underneath? Uh selfish ambition? Mm. And what are the virtues underneath godly ambition? Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some reflecting on that. You got me thinking about that. That's one of the things I'm taking away. What are y'all taking away? Well, I'm thinking concretely
0: about this fall, right? Like mm. Glenn said, I, I think, you know, when you think about our plans and the big things that we're trying to do, big, little, whatever size yeah. motivations, mm. what's going on underneath the hood, yes. right? Taking the time to do that. But I think it's important. This is part, I think what you brought in, Russ, really, hopefully, not to be so cynical about my own heart. Mm. I don't Mm. know, right? Mm. I know I'm a sinner. Mm. I know this life is a life of repentance. I get that. But not to actually the cop-out thing, right? Uh, Just be so quick to assume that every desire that I have Mm. is coming from a sinful place. That actually some of it might be of the Lord and of the Holy Spirit, and that he might be calling us to very big things and hard things that require faith. Mm. and, And it might actually require more faith to say yes to it than to cop out of it. That's right. Right. That's right. It actually right. might take more trust in God to do it mm. with godly ambition than to say, "Nah, that's selfish ambition. We should do the small thing or the hidden thing." And again, I'm all about the small and hidden thing. Yeah. But if God calls you to something bigger than that, mm. not to just mm. run. I love it. Wrestle. Right? I love it. Something like that. So what do good. you do? What do you think? Well, Glenn? This has
2: been. Uh, well, I feel like you all freed me up to get out of my head mm-hmm. and uh, get out of my head and into that car. Get out of
1: my Get into
0: my car. Oh, yeah, that's what, that's yeah,
2: what the, yeah, yeah. the Lord is saying. Get out of your head and get into my car. That's yeah. what I feel.
1: Yeah, Behind Every Conviction is a Bad Song. <laughs> 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 right, I love it. That's so yeah. good, man. Well, look, thanks for, thanks for this great conversation. And thank all of you for listening in to this episode of Till We Feast. We appreciate y'all joining us, and we hope that you join us again for the next episode. And in the meantime, we would love it and be so grateful if you would subscribe, share this, and write a review. So, Lord bless y'all. Till next time. Peace.